in Jesus' name. Our Father and our God, we want to thank you and appreciate you for the grace, privilege, and opportunity given unto us to always learn at your feet in this podcast. Lord, as we be exalting ourselves in your word, give us a teachable heart, a submissive spirit, and a retentive memory to always abide and live by your word always. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Brethren, I want to welcome you once again to today's podcast. And the title is Repentance a Must. Repentance a Must. The scripture that we reading is Acts 17.30. Acts 17.30. And it says, The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. How shall a man be just with God? How shall the sinner be made righteous? The Bible stated that all have sinned and are fallen short of the glory of God. It is only through Christ that we can be brought into harmony with God, with holiness. But how are we to come to Christ? Many are asking the same question as did the multitude on the day of Pentecost. When convicted of sin, they cried out, What shall we do? The first word of Peter's answer was, Repent, Acts 2, 31 and 38. At another time, after short, short after, he said, Repent and be converted, that your sin may be blotted out. Act 3, 19. Repentance is an element in Christianity that connects us back to God. Repentance includes sorrow for sin and turning away from it. We shall not renounce sin unless we see its sinfulness. Until we turn away from it in our heart, there will be no real change in our life. There are many who fail to understand the true nature of repentance. Multitudes sorrow that they have sinned and even make an outward reformation because they fear that their wrongdoing will bring suffering upon themselves. But this is not repentance in the Bible sense. They lament the suffering rather than the sin. Such was the grief of Esau when he saw that the birthright was lost to him forever. Balaam, terrified by the angel standing in his pathway with drawn sword, acknowledged his guilt lest he should lose his life. 
But there was no genuine repentance for sin, no conversion of purpose, no hatred of evil. Judas Iscariot, after betraying his, our Lord, exclaimed, I have sinned in, in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Matthew 27, 4. The conversion was forced from guilt soul by an awful sense of condemnation and a fearful looking for a judgment. The consequences that were to result to him fill him with terror. But there was no deep, heartbreaking grief in his soul that he had betrayed the spotless Son of God and denied the Holy One of Israel. Pharaoh, when suffering under the judgment of God, acknowledged his sin in order to escape further punishment, but returned to his defiance of heaven as soon as the plague was were, were stayed. Esau, Pharaoh, Judas, all lamented the results of sin, but did not sorrow for the sin itself. Repentance is not when you are afraid of your action because of the consequences, suffering, or penalty of the action. But when the heart yields to the influence of the Spirit of God, the conscience will be quickened and the sinner will discern something of the depths and saddest sacredness of God's holy law, the foundation of his government in heaven and on earth. The light which lighting every man that comment unto the world illuminates the secret chambers of the soul and the hidden things of darkness are made manifest. John 1.9 Conviction takes hold upon the mind and heart. The sinner has a sense of righteousness of God and feels the terror of appearing in his own guilt and uncleanliness before the searcher of arts. He sees the love of God, the beauty of holiness, the joy of purity. He longs to be cleansed and to be restored to the communion with heaven. The prayer of David after his fall illustrates the nature of true sorrow for sin. His repentance was sincere and deep. There was no effort to palliate his guilt, no desire to escape the judgment threatened. Inspired his prayer, David saw the enormity of his transgression. He saw the development of his soul. He loved his sin. It was not for pardon, only that he prayed, but for purity of heart. He longed for the joy of holiness, to be restored to harmony and communion with God. This was the language of his soul in Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin 
is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputed not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no girl. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Purge me with isop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and in renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. A repentance such as this is beyond the reach of our own power to accomplish. It is obtained only from Christ, who ascended up on high and has given gifts unto men. Praise the Lord. Brethren, as Christians, repentance is a must for us. Anytime we transgress, we should not only be regretful or mournful, we should feel sorrow for every of our iniquities, of every of our ill doings, of every of our characters that do not glorify God's name in our life. Finally, remember, repentance is always available and effective while we are still alive. Remember the rich man in Luke 16. He longed for repentance after death, but it was too late for him. Today, whatever is in your life that you need to be repented of, do not delay. Repent now and go back to it no more. God bless you as you listen to this podcast. As I see you, if the Lord tarries next time. God bless you. Bye.